Welcome to All Fired Up. I'm Louise, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk all things anti-diet. Has diet culture got you in a fit of rage? Is the injustice of the beauty ideal getting your knickers in a twist? Does Fitspo make you want a Spitspo? Are you ready to hurl if you hear one more weight loss tip? Are you ready to be mad, loud, and proud? Well, you've come to the right place. Let's get all fired up. Welcome back to All Fired Up. And before I go on this week's rant, I need to have a little bit of a rant about last week's rant. <laughs> Since you know, every episode that I do, I do get messages and emails from people just expressing their opinions about what we've talked about and sharing their stories. And my God, I've been inundated with messages this week about this trend of water fasting and how it's impacting on people's lives. And it's really shaken me up. Because, you know, we all know that diet culture does some pretty toxic stuff, but water fasting is quite literally killing people or almost killing people. I had many, more than one story of people dying and being close to death and having to be hospitalized thanks to this trend. And also more than one story of people's very serious medical illnesses being overlooked, missed, or proper medical treatment delayed often meaning that it's too late because people are trying these treatments before getting mainstream medical help. So my plea, if you're listening, is that if anybody you know or love is talking about going and doing one of these water fasting retreats to please stop them because we're dicing with death. It's absolutely not worth it. It's complete woo and it's really putting lives at risk. If you think that you're unwell, Please don't go and starve yourself in an effort to get better. Go and get proper mainstream medical help because early diagnosis can mean the difference between life and death. Okay, thank you. That's my rant from last week. And now turning to this week's rant, which has been a slow burn and it's been on the way since the very beginnings of All Fired Up because we talk about all things diet culture here and and how it sort of infects our everyday lives. And my goodness, there is one area in which diet culture has really infected, and that is the fitness industry. Just what on earth is happening in the fitness industry right now? Because particularly when we look at gyms, especially those mainstream chain type gyms, it's an absolute hotbed of, wow, body judgment, orthorexia, health obsession, fat phobia. It's an exclusionary and judgmental environment, which I believe is the absolute antithesis of what health and fitness should be all about. So my guest today is Jodie Arnott, and she is a fitness instructor, and she's had 20 years in the industry. So she's been there, and she knows what she's talking about. She's the director of Healthy Balance Fitness, and she's also the co-founder of the Moderation Movement alongside Zoe Nicholson. And if you haven't heard of the Moderation Movement, go ahead and check them out online and on Facebook because they're really trying to make a difference in how we approach moving our bodies and doing some fabulous stuff. Jodie's also one of our wonderful untrapped guides. So Jody and Zoe, they're in Untrapped talking about body image and how to relate to your body in a very different way. So it's really good stuff. So I can't wait to bring you this incredible rant with Jody, who is she's just so wise. She's the kind of fitness instructor that you just wish you would meet. 
And you know what about Jodie? She has also just finished her master's degree in counselling. That's how much she cares because she was saying she wanted to talk about body stuff and she wanted to kind of make sure that what she was doing with clients was ethical and professional. So what a magic person. So without further ado, I bring you me and Jodie. So Jodie, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, absolute pleasure, Lou. Thank you for having me. So what is firing you up? Oh, the dominant gym culture and how it's really negatively affecting people's relationship with movement. I'm so glad that we have this chance to talk about it because it's seriously kind of everywhere. (laughs) And I don't really know, like definitely in my area, there are zero gyms, for example, that body positive, like even remotely body positive or safe. And I have countless conversations with clients about genuinely wanting to move their bodies but like where on earth can you do that safely because the gym is definitely not one of those places I completely agree and there are many safe spaces but I think most of those unfortunately most of those are outside the gym environment at this stage Mm. which is a shame and you know I'm glad there are there are certainly people out there some awesome people out there doing some great things and doing very weight inclusive things and looking at the full range of human bodies and making it inclusive for those bodies. But I think the general gym culture, I think as most people know, is pretty um, shaming really for bodies and the way we eat and Mm. makes them terrible about themselves. Yeah, it's definitely not an experience that makes a lot of people feel very good. And so for this episode, we invited people to send in their experiences. Like, what's it been like for you to go to the gym? Pretty simple question. (laughs) And yeah, some of the answers were pretty upsetting. So I thought I might start by reading you one if that's okay. All right, here we go. So this is from Mel. Several years ago now, I went to our local council-run health centre with a view to accessing their personal training services, and I was looking for fitness and not weight loss. I spoke to the membership salesperson, and I told them that I wanted a personal trainer who would really not be focused about my weight or on weight loss. And I explained that this was really important for me because I had a history of eating disorders. The salesperson assured me that they had someone appropriate. And so I made an appointment with that trainer. Less than five minutes into my first appointment with him, I found myself on the receiving end of a lecture. The youngish man explained in no uncertain terms that he wasn't interested in clients who, quote unquote, do really well, but then go away on holidays and come back having gained X kilos. He quoted specific examples of clients who had done just that and he ranted at me about how annoying and intolerable this had been for him and said that if I was going to do that, he definitely wasn't the trainer for me. I had to agree, he most certainly wasn't. I was left wondering how my very specific request to the gym salesperson had landed me with this particular oh-so-charming and supportive trainer. Seriously, though, I was shocked by the disgust he obviously felt towards these clients who had apparently let him down. Looking back now, he was like some kind of diet culture monster. I never really liked gyms before that, and the experience certainly didn't endear them to me any further. I think I'd have to say that I actually really hate them now, not just because of that tool, (laughs) but because they feel oppressive and are almost always about diet culture. Mm. Wow. Yeah, well, that's really scary, isn't it? Because it's just showing 
it's really showing the lack of knowledge around eating disorders and then how to communicate about bodies and movement with people who have experienced eating disorders. Wow. I mean, Mel could not have been any clearer. She spelled it out in no uncertain terms of what she was looking for and her history with, you know, a very dangerous illness. And it was like it wasn't actually her. You, I do wonder, you know, did that message just not get through? Was it the wrong trainer? You know, I just don't know how stuff like that can happen, but it's literally terrifying because Mel did everything that she could to protect herself and to ensure that her experience at the gym would be not all about weight. And then she was just landed with this dude who just threw weight loss at her and blamed her even before he started. Oh, yeah. And obviously, you know, showing an example of his problems with body and weight and, oh, my gosh, you know, I, mean, uh, I don't even know where to start with this. It's, just, it's so tragic. It's gobsmacking. Um, the, the idea that she might disappoint him, <laughs> hello. Yeah. And what kind of fat phobia is going on when he's ranting about people's bodies changing? I mean, bodies change, you know, especially if they've been restricting and dieting and then they go away on holidays and suddenly start not restricting. Mm -hmm. It reveals that his experience, his expectation of going to the gym is all about weight loss. Yes. Which it isn't. (laughs) And that, that her job was not to let him down and I just, I am gobsmacked that he just didn't hear the eating disorder messages, no. not weight focused messages. It's like, and I do think that that's with this dominant gym culture, it's like this inability to hear this is not about weight. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that, yeah. that doesn't go in, like that does not compute. Of course, it's about weight loss. And you often hear people say, oh, no, it's not about weight. And then say something that is completely about weight. So they're not even realizing when they're talking about weight they're not even realizing that connection it's yeah and so then you start to question well how are they ever going to learn like if it's that disconnect where mm. do we even begin oh, no, and you're right, Mel, deep in it. yeah yes yes you know and being in that environment obviously perpetuates that because everyone else is like that as well and how are they ever going to hear anything that's weight neutral or non-diet in that environment if they're always in that environment. So it sort of perpetuates it, doesn't it? Mm. And you're right, Mel did everything she could. She was so brave and authentic about what had happened in her life and how that affected her relationship with movement and what she needed from them. And I think it's even what stuns me more is that the... um, yeah, the salesperson or receptionist, whoever she first spoke to and revealed this, said, you know, assured her, yes, yes, we specialise in, we've got someone mm-hmm. who can talk to you about that. That's worrying because they believe that they're actually dealing with issue instead of saying what, what really needs to be said is, oh, I'm really sorry, we're not sure how to deal with this, let's find someone who is and refer on, you know, and they're just, mm-hmm. yikes. And then how to equip themselves because there is there are organizations that have courses for this so eating disorders victoria have this wonderful website and associated course about should i say something yeah so i'll give you the yeah on the link so that you can include it but you know and they're all about equipping fitness professionals with the right knowledge to be able to say hmm i see something here is going on with this person something here you know is waving a flag that there's something not right and then knowing how to refer how to have that conversation and how to refer and help them but that example is showing me that they have absolutely no idea not even the ability to even make it up in any kind of professional way (laughs) 
it's terrifying. Like, I don't know, they're, they're so deep in it that they cannot comprehend that some kind of harm might come from this. Yes. That, because I think that that's uh, an attitude that is prevalent within gym culture that this is health and absolutely yes, yes. nothing about it can be quote-unquote unhealthy. It's very judgmental about, you know, this is our way and this is healthy and do it our way and there's very, it's very rigid without hearing people's actual stories and experiences. Yes. And they're so (sighs) entrenched in the fat equals unhealthy that they're obviously prioritising that over eating disorders, you know, and that's that's Mm -hmm. horrifying. Yeah. I tell you, when I was having a look before we recorded today, I was just Googling sort of women's gyms and (laughs) I Googled probably the most popular women's gym in Australia and had a look at like what they offer. This is the first three things on offer. The 12-week challenge, Operation Wedding Dress, and (laughs) Military Miss Boot Camp. So that scares me. That sort of says this is apparently a woman's gym, so this is supposed to be safe for females. And, Mm. I mean, it made me feel quite sick, especially Operation Wedding Dress. I mean, seriously. (laughs) That's the one that, you know. (laughs) <laughs> I just want to before, but that's the one that makes me, you know, sharply take a breath in. Mm, way to target your market. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say. It's very, it's like an easy audience for them, you know. Let's shame someone who's already feeling probably vulnerable and a bit stressed because people get, you know, quite stressed before their wedding. Mm. They feel very vulnerable about their bodies and about how they're going to be viewed as a bride mm-hmm. and let's let's really harness that vulnerability and mm. a whole lot of shame and then sell mm. sell the solution to the problem and we know it's not a solution to the problem and it's not even a problem people's bodies aren't <laughs> problems to be solved so oh, operation wedding yeah get serious operation wedding dress happens at the wedding dress shop not in a gym Yes, and it happens in the size that your body needs right now. Not let's try and make it fit something else. There's so many damaging messages. And the blurb about it said, you know, we're helping you prepare physically and emotionally for this day. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It couldn't couldn't help you. You know, it couldn't be more damaging for your emotions, really, (laughs) in, in your lead up to the wedding. Well, apparently, yeah, emotional preparation for your wedding means weekly weigh ins and yeah. nutrition yeah. advice. So, constant shaming and constant comparison, I'm sure, competition, feeling like you're not good mm-hmm. enough, worrying, mm-hmm. worrying. Yep. And yeah. something that should be one of, you know, the highlights of your life could then become a very problematic and stressful you know, even more full experience. Yeah, it will ramp up the stress levels. I've worked with many people preparing for weddings. It's a stressful enough time it as is. it is. A big event, it's hard, yep. Yeah, a lot of women do try to lose weight before their weddings, which is sad, but it reflects the enormous pressure that people feel that yes. they're under. And then there's and the professionals. We need to be not perpetuating that. We need to not... Yes. Yes, not jump yeah. on that train. We need to be telling people, hey, you know, we could use movement to help you manage your stress during this time, to help you boost your mood during this time, rather than to help you change your body for your wedding day. Like, yes. mm, it's, it's so horrifically disturbing. I'm pretty, you know, old now. And I started going to the gym when gyms first started being a thing in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember, I mean, I was still in high school and, you know, 
I remember, you know, having a, a cigarette before I'd start my. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure in the gym that I went to that there was like a Coke machine with like Coke and chips inside yeah. the gym. And, yeah. and I remember as I was doing my grapevines and, and stuff like that, I just remember this was a place to move your body and yeah. there was nothing there about food at all. But, you know, as we see in like things like Operation Wedding Dress, gyms are now all about food as well as movement and specifically they're all about dieting people really. They are, they are. And I think a lot of what consumers don't realise is that writing diets or even just writing food plans is well outside the scope of fitness professionals. We are not permitted to write food plans for people. However, how many, really? gyms, how many fitness professionals are out there doing just oh my that? God. Oh, that's oh. outside our scope of practice. That's it's stated and it's written. It's written that you're not supposed to, but that, why is everyone doing it? Because so many people don't care about the scope of practice. I think the other thing is that if consumers keep asking for it and because, you know, and fair enough, they expect, they're expecting that that's part of our role. But if they keep asking for it, then our fitness professionals keep giving it because they feel like, well, if I don't do it, they'll just go to someone else. So it becomes this money sort of mm. business thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So it, yeah. it takes a strong professional who is looking at ethics and is looking at scope of practice and looking at their values and says, sorry, I don't do that and this is why I don't do that. So, yeah, we often have people inquire about our group fitness and say, do you also provide our food plans, food ideas, kind of thing, and always tell them that it's outside of our scope of practice as fitness professionals. And every single time I get surprised from those people, wow, really, I didn't know that. I've had other fitness professionals give me food plans. Wow. Yes, many do, but it's actually outside of our scope. So you were surprised, Lou, that's outside of our scope of practice. Did I hear surprise in your voice there? Yeah, I didn't know that there was anything written down saying you can't do it. And I'm really glad that that exists, but I'm also like a bit bemused that... Yes, because they're obviously not policed, right? <laughs> no one's taking a blind bit of notice of that one, so... No, not yeah. many. Yeah. And so I think it's certainly being talked about a bit more. I've sort of seen a lot of, whether it's, you know, in social media or, you know, Fitness Australia yeah. and advertising the scope of practice. It's certainly being talked about a bit more. So I'm hoping there is more awareness, growing awareness, and also that there will be changes. But I'm, yeah, I mean, right. it's, it's blinded. Yeah. Blind disregard. And some of the stuff that they are promoting are very intense. So I do see a whole group of clients from one particular gym that promote this really intense sort of paleo style diet. And it's made more than one person slide into eating disorder stuff. And particularly they make the trainers do that diet as well. And they weigh the trainers. And if the trainers are too big, they can get fired. Wow. And, yeah. And that actually happened to a client of mine who is a you know a fitness instructor, but in a larger body, you know, took great care, very fit. And, you know, and then she got the sack basically because she couldn't sustain this paleo diet and meanwhile so her can, right oh god <laughs> what a mess yeah oh, well yeah I haven't heard of fitness professionals being weighed but you know mm. even though I haven't heard of that obvious kind of tactic I've certainly heard, heard and seen underhanded things where you know people just don't get work if they're in larger bodies often 
you know, they don't feel like they fit into environments. So I know a lot of people who have, like myself, who've just rejected the gym environment. So mm-hmm. you know, I haven't worked in a gym environment since well, I think it was 2001. So it's been a very long time since I've worked in a gym environment. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it's a conscious decision for me not to go back to a gym environment because I just know what goes on there and what kind of approach they have to bodies and people and yeah and movement and I just don't want any part of that so you know some might say I'm living in this lovely little bubble but I choose to do that it's just so horrible yeah yeah so what was there something that happened that made you decide okay this is it I'm gonna go you know what there wasn't just one thing but I definitely didn't really feel like I dealt with that that culture and I never felt extreme enough. And I know when I first started as a fitness professional, I had a lot, this is in the very, I've been a fitness professional for 20 years. So this was in the mm. very early days, but I remember having this a lot of pressure from outside and from within myself that I had to live up to a certain thing because I was a fitness professional. So I felt like I had to achieve certain speeds with my running and distances with my running. I had to lift certain amounts of weight. I felt like, you know, I had Mm. to wear the right things and my body had to look a certain way. And I remember being at the supermarket because there was a supermarket next to the gym that I worked at. And so I'd often, you know, get my groceries straight after work in my uniform, my gym uniform. So people knew that I was a gym instructor and people would peer into my trolley (laughs) in the supermarket checking what I was buying. And I felt like, because like I've always been someone who eats chips and chocolate and that kind of thing, but I felt like I had to hide it under everything else. So here I was with soft drink and chocolate, <laughs> putting it underneath everything else, just going, oh, I know I'm not meant to eat those things and I know I'm going to get judged for that. Oh. And so, you know, that that kind of environment, it's mm. you don't get to live the way with your values if you're constantly looking over your shoulder, feeling like you need to live up to something else. Well, you're constantly being policed and you're feeling policed not just in what your body looks like, but also how fit you are and the kinds of food choices that you're making. Mm-hmm. And that pressure to be sort of perfect and superwoman is, yes. that's, that's yeah. not right. And they use a lot of this, you've got to walk the talk, you've got to walk the talk. So I felt like, oh, am I not walking the talk if I don't want to do fun runs or am I not walking the talk if I eat chocolate, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So there was that constant doubt that you're not good enough and you know there's plenty of messages in our in our worlds that tell us all the time that we're not good enough so that for me was a Mm. big glaring one I wasn't a good enough trainer and then slowly over time I realized you know as I had great retention of clients and built some fantastic connection with peers and I just realized my goodness the reasons why I'm a good trainer have nothing to do with how fast I run they have nothing to do with what food I eat Mm. and I was able, luckily, to really realise that and let go of all that bullshit, you know? Yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. yeah. So it took really building relationships with clients. To yes, clients and peers like, who are yeah. the same wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. You found your people. And yes. you started, yeah, that's, that's lovely. And then you got brave enough to leave. Yeah. And so it wasn't just one incident. It was more, you know, left the gym environment and then just knew I never wanted to go back. And every time I think of the gym environment or I hear a story about it or a peer tells me about a professional development course they went to that's quite horrific, I just think, well, good. I'm, you know, I'm glad I'm out of there and I'm never going back. Mm, it is really toxic. I haven't been into a gym since, so my youngest daughter's now six, nearly seven. I haven't been to a gym since she was a baby. And I want to tell you about how I came to leave. Like, I don't really like gyms. I prefer moving my body outside, but 
when she was a baby and because I'm like a single mum and it was, I think it was really hot. So I wanted to run because I like running, but I couldn't run with a pram <laughs> and yeah. it was really hot. And so I thought, well, you know what? I know that gyms are not my favourite environment, but perhaps I can make it work for me. Maybe I can just go and just run on the treadmill and ignore the environment <laughs> and do what I want to do. And the clincher for me was that it had a crash, so they could look after a little one. Yep. So I, I did it and, my God, within 30 seconds of being there, although I had, like Mel, explained I am not here for anything to do with food or weight, I'm literally here to be on the treadmill and for you to look after my baby while I do that. And I just need the dude to come and teach me how to use the treadmill, but I wasn't allowed to do that. I had to have a full assessment with this personal trainer. I don't know. Let's call him Jeff. <laughs> and who was he couldn't get it he kept asking me what kind of supplements I took and I'm like oh of course <laughs> trying to sell me supplements and I'm like could you just please tell me how to use this machine and just leave me alone and I literally I think I went three or four times but the, I walked in this last time and outside the entrance they had a life-size poster of this guy holding up a pair of like his quote unquote, fat pants. And it was an ad for the Cambridge diet. And the whole gym were advocating the Cambridge diet, which I knew had killed people in the UK. And the guy who invented it had been charged. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, oh. And so I just, I couldn't go in there. <laughs> so that was my last gym experience. I, wow. Yeah. yeah. I just, I just can't. Thank you racing to go back, right? <laughs> you know what? I bought a treadmill on Gumtree and now I just watch Netflix. And <laughs> we found your own solution that's outside yeah. of that culture. And when you were talking about that, I was just thinking, it just, it's a great example of how gyms really miss out on a whole range of clientele. There's this, all these people that, they could sell memberships to if they just cooled it with the diet mentality uh -huh. and the body shaming. Imagine how many people would love to just go and use the cardio equipment because oh. of the heat, because of, you know, all different reasons. Mm -hmm. But no, it does not feel safe. Yeah. And it's like the same thing that Mel encounters. Like you say what you want and it's like you didn't talk. It's yeah. like... Yeah. 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 It's Look, unfortunately, the salespeople are trained with these scripts and this, well, they certainly were when I was back in the gym. So, and I assume it's gotten even more intense since then, but they're trained with scripts. And so it'd be like, well, I need to think about this membership before I sign up. And then the script would tell them they had to say, from what you've told me about your husband, he'd be really proud of you if you signed up today. You know, it just <laughs> think about it. So they had this script that they had to stick to, the salespeople. And so I think a lot of the times that anything non-diet or weight inclusive it just is off script so they don't know where to go with it so they're just going to feed back well what supplements do you take or you know oh, it was what's your goal <laughs> how much do you want to lose I know so it's off script they don't know they're not educated about all of it the, the there's no box that they can tick saying this person is not here because they're you know I can't prey on any insecurities yeah <laughs> but yeah so we don't know what to sell you so we got a couple more responses of people's experiences so this one is from Dana. I don't really ever feel welcomed or accepted at the gym I go to. Between the heteronormative sexist rubbish program slash exercise plan they pushed earlier this year. Oh, look, bridal boot camp, complete with stereotype bride and groom images and looking the best for your day and pushing weight loss. 
the plastic bit of muscle and fat on the counter when you sign in. There's no context for these things either, except a little placard that says pound of. And now the member story postings that all mention and focus on weight loss and those insipid before and after photos. Currently, they're also selling training sessions with that whole get a summer body. Like, I have a summer body. It's the same body I had in spring. It's just a new season. There's also the fact that I see very few fellow fat folks there. Generally, it's one other dude. And I've certainly garnered my share of looks from the thinner folks there. Like, yes, Karen or Chad, the fat lady really can run. Get the fuck out. It's infuriating and frustrating. And I know I should push back, but I get so tired doing it all the time. The gym's in the same building I work in and it's so convenient and relatively cheap that I just suck it up until they do something fat phobic again and it stirs up all this shit again. Yeah. Oh, there's so many things to address in there, isn't there? What a just horrible. And, you know, why would you, you know, oh, gosh, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, what, what she's saying is that boot camp with the bride, obviously that's a thing, someone's marketing that left, right and centre. The plastic bit of muscle and fat. I know. <laughs> what? What? without any context that the before and after weight like, like that she's walking into a building that says this is all about weight focus and weight loss and she's obviously in a larger body yep. and she, she's not there maybe to to focus on becoming thinner but yeah yeah and my heart went out to her and she said um I should probably say something or I should probably do something but I just no, basically too emotionally exhausted to do that. And I, my heart yeah. goes out because I don't feel like it's the responsibility of all the people who've been oppressed over and over to be doing the emotional labour here, you know? Yeah, and yeah. exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I just really want to appeal to fitness professionals who have Listen, been either yeah. on the fence about it going, hmm, something doesn't feel right, I'm not sure about this and it feels icky, then there is a place for you to, to learn more about weight inclusivity and health at every size and body positivity. There's a place to learn how you can work within your values within the fitness industry. Mm. And it starts with listening to people's experiences. Exactly. And, and saying we can do better. I know, but this, is, this seems to be the problem, right? That listening seems to be something that really isn't happening. So perhaps even if she did speak up and, you know, gathered all of those emotional resources to say something about her experience, it might not be heard it could, because oh, it just doesn't. I'm sure it wouldn't be. Yeah. yeah. So, so horrible. Yeah. It's horrible because, yeah, she's in that environment. She's just going to keep, keep seen as the problem rather than mm-hmm. be listened to. So and just what heart, that breaks my heart too is, she knows what it's like and she's choosing to go in because she has every right to choose to go in because it does suit her life. It does fit her life. And people should have the right to walk into any environment and feel safe and not feel, you know, pummeled and inundated with messages of exclusion. And that's really horrible that, you know, I can get why she's made that decision and good on her, but it can be draining. Yes. And can we just recognize the bravery that it takes to do that, to say, no, this still, I still get a lot out of this. I'm going to go along and do what I need here and mm. ignore all of that stuff. Like how brave is that? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I upped it out a long time ago and I just think, wow, good on mm. you. How do you keep facing that crap every day? Like it's brave. It's good. That's what people are doing. That's the damage that yep. diet culture is doing. It's forcing people to live every day like this. Yep. And it just shouldn't be like this. Our gym culture needs to change. And yeah. I really hope that by hearing stories like this, that 
people do start recognising just how oppressive, like you said, and exclusionary the gym culture is right now. Yeah. And look, there are certainly, there are, there's a small group of fitness professionals doing that, you know, trying to Mm. spread the word and trying to create environments that are inclusive. So Shelley Lask from who you've had on your wonderful Mm. show before from your body positive health and fitness. She and I did a presentation for fitness professionals who just this, who want something different. They want to be body positive. They want to be weight inclusive. And we did a presentation for them and we had a room full of people who are wanting a different way. They've just, they've, they've rejected this awful gym culture. And it was so heartening. I just, you know, I want to tear up thinking about it. It was so heartening to see people doing things in a different way. And some of them have created their own gym spaces or studios. Some of them are working in outdoor environments. Some of them working PTs, mobile PTs. And I just think I'm so glad that they are out there because there's some safe fitness spaces, safe fitness mm-hmm. spaces for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. thank you so much, like you and Shelley, for running these kinds of events and explain to people that there is a different way that we can do this and how heartening to know that there's that much interest and excitement that's growing because it's definitely happening here in Sydney as well. I want to shout out to The Haven, which is in Summer Hill, and Anna's just done a great job at that space creating a completely inclusive environment and she's paid a lot of attention to just making it fun and not at all about weight loss and I've sent so many clients her way and they love it. Yeah. But and you know, Anna was at that presentation and she shared yeah. some amazing knowledge and, yeah. and it was such a pleasure to have her there oh, as well. And that's so and great. That, yeah. And I've seen that they provide that, you know, dance classes and just yeah. the most cool stuff. Like, oh, I, mean, I wish I was there because I'd be there all the time. So, yeah. She's ripped off the calorie counter bits off the treadmills and stuff. So, yes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yes. That's what we need. That's what we need. And, you know, if, if any fitness professionals are listening to this and they're in an environment where they can have power to make some changes, you know, do things like put tape over the calorie counter on yeah. the, the mm. treadmill or cardio machines or, you know, the magazines that are all, you know, oh gosh, oh, um, God. You know, diet-centric mm. magazines, get mm. rid of them or hide them or, you know, do mm. a little bit of quiet activism, you know. <laughs> I know. And I love the, I cannot remember where it's from, but I will put it in the show notes. There is a a sign that you can put up in your space. So it's an office space or a fitness space. And it says along along the lines of you are entering a body positive zone where no, yeah, no diet talk and, you know, inclusion. And I, I would love to see more and more spaces with that kind of sign out the front. <laughs> you know, you are welcome here. Yep. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, it is exciting. And actually, I recall working again with a, a different women's gym. So, I did a presentation on Fitspo and how, you know, maybe it's not helping women really feel any better about themselves. But this gym owner has really taken on board this message. And although she's kind of under that umbrella and a bit stuck with the dominant gym culture, in her environment, she's made changes. So she took the decision to abandon the, um, you know, they have like a prize for like a, a weight loss contest. So she decided to stop doing that. And she took down BMI charts and stuff that were up in the environment. So she really heard what we were talking about and made positive changes. And she just recently got in contact with me to say how much better it's been for her as a professional, how much more right. fun it's been to work with people without that focus. 
And I think you, you brought up a really good point there. Sometimes we don't have the full power. Like, you know, often we're working within a gym where we're not the manager or we're not in charge of all the decision-making. But if we can work within whatever decision-making capacity that we do have and make those changes within that, even small things like what you're just talking about there can have an impact on the members who are there. Mm. Start thinking, feeling more welcome, start thinking about their body and movement in a new way. I came across a, I did a presentation at a recreation centre, I think it was last year sometime. And what I was so excited to hear about is they had pulled down all of the Les Mills posters. So for those of you who are not not familiar with it, Les Mills is like a type of group fitness class. And they have a lot of posters that have very Fitzbo looking images on there. And they, she had said, well, it doesn't really resonate with our members. And I think it excludes a lot of our members. So, Mm -hmm. So they have members, you know, right well into their elderly sort of years. So, you know, they can't relate to these posters so she pulled them all down and created new ones and interestingly yeah and and I'll tell you what the new ones were they were just these wonderful colorful sort of abstract pictures with the information about the class over it now isn't that much more helpful so to have who the class might be might appeal to what was done in the class you know what you can expect when it was on and that was it and that's all we Mm -hmm. need to know on those posters Mm -hmm. right to know that we'll look like that Fitzbo woman in that picture. Yeah, that's so <laughs> wonderful. Because yeah. what she what she's done is untied appearance from being from moving yes. your body. So that's what it's about. We I don't know how we've ended up so appearance focused when it comes to the fitness industry, but yeah. that's at the crux of the problem because. Yeah. This is where all of the division and problem comes from. If we forget all about what we look like and focus on what movement is really all about, that's when the joy can happen. And this is the problem. You've got it in one. It's become the beauty industry or something like that, the diet industry and beauty industry, not the fitness industry. There's Mm. really so little talked about in terms of fitness anymore. It's about muscular appearance. It's about leanness. It's about... Mm. It's all about shredding. Yeah. Yeah. It's about so many things that we've gotten away from what our core purpose is. Now, core purpose is to help people and teach people about movement, specifically Mm. exercise sort of movement. So we've gotten so lost. We really have, but underneath it, I think there is a real movement that's that's gathering steam about, you know, this is really not helpful for so many people and we need a different way of doing it. I agree. And the different way is out there. So I think people should have hopefully have a bit of hope when they hear that. So whether it's yeah. people, you know, consumers or whether it's fitness professionals, but you, you can find your space, you can find your people. But I encourage them to get in touch, especially in the moderation movement group on Facebook. We talk a lot about that and people talk about which trainers they've had who have been amazing and very weight inclusive and then, you know, experiences where haven't been so much. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people have shared and recommended places to go. And so yeah, if people are interested. Yeah. That's a fantastic resource because I did want to ask, you know, if people are looking for safe places to move or inspirational places to move. So, yeah, moderation movement on Facebook is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think on the Hayes Australia website, we also have a list of body positive personal trainers and fitness people working in the fitness industry. And on a global scale, so around the world, the ASDA website has a whole heap of body positive people from all kinds of different disciplines and professions. So those are all places where we can locate where it is safe. But I love that idea of the moderation movement Facebook group, just people kind of popping in saying, hey, this person's great because we sometimes just don't know who's where. So the more we can kind of identify, name and flock to these people who are 
you know, forging a, a new way of doing this, then that's how this can grow. I agree. And then it, it really supports fitness professionals who have opted out of that hideous marketing of using weight and dieting as marketing. Mm. And it supports them. It helps them grow their business without having to feel like the only way to make it in the fitness industry is to succumb to diet messaging. Mm. Yeah, it's to feel like you used to do in the supermarket hiding yourself. Yeah. Hiding your soft drink underneath you know, everything else. It's just, yeah. You know, if anything from this podcast, I just want any fitness professionals listening to know that there is definitely an important place for you in this industry. So mm-hmm. rather than we see so many people who have these kind of values that end up leaving the industry because they just can't say, yeah. I don't fit in here. I don't feel like there's a place for me. I can't handle what's going on. And they leave. So all of the, you know, all these great people yeah and I want them to know that there's a space for them yeah yeah well it's a parallel isn't it people in larger bodies leave the world of movement because they feel excluded and trainers in larger bodies or more body positive trainers leave it as well because they think that this industry is not for them but if we can match those people then we get a brand new industry growing and it's a much more health supportive and inclusive industry Yes, mm. and we're just reaching we're reaching a much bigger percentage of the population as well. So if gyms were smart and they really wanted, you know, worried about their bottom line, they wouldn't be excluding so many people. You know, it just doesn't even make sense even financially for them. Mm-hmm. They're just preaching to it. You know, I know that the diet, diet messaging sells a lot, but they're just preaching to a very small percentage of people and excluding everyone else. So yeah, yeah. It's much better to drop the dieting and be inclusive and have a great yeah. percentage of Australians using your facilities. This is where we get right back, though, to fat phobia because, you yeah. know, the same kind of thing goes for let's make clothes in bodies, yes. uh, fit, you know, in all sizes to fit all bodies. And the reason we don't is because they could also profit much more from making more yeah. inclusive clothes. But the reason they don't is all about fat phobia and yeah. that is what really is at the heart of this. We need to create absolutely an awareness of the fat phobia that's saturating the fitness industry and we need to call it out yes and it needs to stop exactly and you know I have a lot of hope that things will change and certainly when I'm speaking to fitness professionals who are in this same bubble that we have a lot of hope and faith together but you know it's hard when you see all this stuff on Facebook and you hear about these experiences in gyms it's it's Mm. hard to maintain that hope so I think I do fluctuate between the ranting and the and they're feeling very disillusioned and then the the wonderful hope when I speak to you know peers so yeah that's why I do this podcast (laughs) yeah we need to feel the rage we need to kind of process the emotion but we need to also look at the hope and look at the building that is happening in very different ways and And, role model how to do it differently yeah Yeah, exactly and thank you for all that you're doing with with drawing attention to this and really building the industry into it hopefully a different direction and one that will help more and more people Thank you, Lou, and thanks for the opportunity to, you know, talk a bit more about what's going on in the industry. Such a good chat. Thank you. Thanks. Can we just please put Jodie Arnott in charge of Fitness Australia or maybe fitness in the whole world? Because I think with her head and heart in charge, I think we would see such a more inclusive fitness industry. So thank you, Jodie, for coming on, for talking all about that. And there's so many aspects of fitness and gym culture that we'll be talking about on All Fired Up that 
it's there's just so many directions that you can go in. So that, I thought that was a really good broad and general chat, but it's definitely not the last time we'll be looking at those kinds of aspects. And if there's something that's getting your goat, please get in contact with me because you know how much I love a rant and love to hear what's annoying you about diet culture. So if there's something that you really, really want to get off your chest, send me an email to louise at untrapped.com.au. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this podcast and giving all the encouragement and feedback. It makes me feel really connected to everybody and and really hopeful about how this is all going to change. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please help the message get out by going to Apple Podcasts and giving us a really nice rating and review so we get advertised more through Apple and more people will see us and sign up. And don't forget to subscribe yourself so you don't miss an episode when it drops down. Okay, so some free stuff for you. If you're interested in what we're talking about and you're wanting to share it, maybe a bit for yourself or learn more about it for yourself or with someone you know, we have a brand, an absolute spanking free ebook called Everything You've Been Told About Weight Loss is Bullshit. And it was written by me and Fiona Willer, the incredible weight science ninja dietitian, of course, who uh, what we're doing is busting the top 10 obesity and weight loss myths that are drifting around in diet culture. So it's a really good resource. It's 100% free. It's at untrapped.com.au. And while you're there, why don't you sign up to my blog, which I'm doing weekly. And yes, it's more ranting. It's more ranting and raving from me about various aspects of diet culture or things that are occurring in the news headlines. So you can sign up and get a little bit of me mailed to you every Wednesday if you like. And if you're struggling with all of this, with a relationship with exercise particularly, and you want to kind of look more deeply at the how to, how to make this more of an enjoyable relationship. And think of joining us in the Untrapped course because Untrapped is all about helping people to unlearn all the stuff that we pick up from diet culture and to relearn real connection, connection with hunger and fullness, connection with joyful movement and disconnection and unhooking from all of the toxic stuff from diet culture. So come and join us. You don't have to be alone. Untrapped.com.au. So that's it for another week from me. I am really excited to come back in a couple of weeks and feed you a fresh steaming pile of poo from diet culture. In the meantime, trust no one. Think critically. Push back against diet culture. Untrap from the crap. (laughs) 